Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Montana's only daily sports talk show, Nuanez Now. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. I like football! What's up, everybody? Welcome in. Let's do on us now. ESPN Radio. Maybe you're watching on the ESPN MT app or on SWX Montana Television. No matter how you're tuning in, appreciate you for being here. Time to get to today. Uh, we uh, promised you last week the continuation of our Big Sky Spotlight series which uh, lately has featured some of the newer or brand new head coaches in Big Sky Conference football. And last week we promised you Ed Lamb, the new head coach at Northern Colorado. But somebody with a Big Sky past uh, as the head coach at Southern Utah there for nearly a decade. Uh, He hasn't been in the Big Sky for a while. Now he's back uh, as a head coach in Greeley. So we'll discuss with him uh, some of the challenges that he faces and also what I sort of brought him back to the big sky. We also uh, will have our River City runners. Duncan Hamilton will join us. I talked to Duncan the other day. Uh, He is getting ready for the big sky outdoor track and field championships, the final of his career there at Montana State. Uh, This guy's going to run for a while. He's going to run not only in the scope of this season. It it would be a a, uh, beyond, beyond surprise if... Duncan Hamilton did not advance beyond the Big Sky Championships, especially in the steeplechase. Uh, but he's going to run a lot more for within the scope of this calendar year, this uh, outdoor track and field season, and he's also going to run for a long time after his Montana State career is over. Uh, he is certainly one of the great athletes that we have covered 
but still a, a bittersweet but also great opportunity for him, particularly the turnaround he's going to have to make. It's only during the Big Sky Outdoor Championship, really, that you'd have this exact turnaround, and that is um, running the steeplechase, and then 25 minutes later, you got to run the 1,500 meters. So it uh, should be a huge challenge for him, but he talked about a little bit about that. We'll also have our Treasure State's best uh Best track and field marks from across the state. A lot of the the great marks from the top 10 meets the last couple weeks have held, but we do have, oh, I don't know, 8, 10 new uh, best marks in the state in a variety of different events. Plus, I learned something about a young lady from Hardin. Uh, Unbelievable. Karis Brightwing's Pease, who has the top two-mile time in the state in all of girls' track and field, all class. I found out the other day, I don't know how I missed this, She's an eighth grader. <laughs> it's amazing. And she's got a better time than Claire Rutherford, who is the Montana Gatorade Runner of the Year in cross country. So, I mean, unbelievable. We'll get into that a little bit more uh, to round out our number one. Our number two, we have Carolyn, the chick does no sports, joining us. Uh, Carolyn, uh, our resident uh, know nothing, but our resident comedian as well. She's got plenty to talk about. Uh, Tiger Woods, of course. Um, Croy Bierman, an update on the uh, Montana, former Montana defensive end who played in the NFL for quite some time, and a lot more as well. And then we also are going to be joined in studio by some fellows from the United States Army Recruitment Center. They were uh, they're kind enough to host us a week ago from today, and uh, they're giving away some tickets to the Kane Brown concert coming up at the Adams Center on uh, a week and a day from today. So uh, we'll announce the winner there as well. Ed Lamb coming up here about 10 minutes. That's your show outlook uh, here on Nuanas Now. You can always stream the show on 1029ESPN.com or on the ESPN MT app. And if you want to get a hold of us, you always can, 406-888-1029. That's 888-1029. Uh, give us a buzz, shoot us a text, call us, whatever you want. Uh, you want to be a part of the conversation, uh, 888-1029. All guests today, including Ed Lamb, Northern Colorado head football coach, will join us uh, via the Rangish Brothers RV phone line. Uh, a couple news briefs from the day. Uh, first of all, a fun night in the NBA last night. Um, the Warriors had to have it, and they got it. Uh I still think the Lakers have the upper hand in that series, though. It's just so interesting how the Lakers have the ability to rise to the occasion when they so see fit. And if they don't, then they can kind of just put it on cruise control, not empty the tank, and just gear up for the next one. So this has been sort of a an every other, but that's why the, the Lakers winning in game one was such a big deal uh, in Oakland. But uh, Warriors had to have it last night. They got it. Um I also thought the Knicks shot, showed good resolve. Jalen Brunson, tough to extend that series as well. I uh, pushed that thing to a game six. But we have two incredibly pivotal game sixes tonight. Philadelphia is on their home court with Boston in town. That game starts in about 90 minutes. And that's one of those games where the result of the game is going to dictate the future of the Eastern Conference. That's not hyperbole. The uh, The Celtics certainly have some decisions to make. First, when it comes to their coach, Joe Mazzulla, was okay here in his first year, but certainly wasn't what Ime Odoka was during his first season. Last year, Ime Odoka took the Celtics to the finals. Um, also, then with Jason, or excuse me, Jalen Brown, uh, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown each landed on the All NBA team. 
Jalen Brown landed on the second-team All-NBA, which means he is now set for the Supermax. So the Celtics are going to pretty much have to pay him, but what is that going to do to the effect of the rest of their roster? Or maybe it will, in what would be a bombshell, but it would certainly not be out of the realm of possibility, maybe they don't pay him and uh, you break up the, the dynamic duo of Tatum and Brown. Uh, we'll see. But if the Celtics can win tonight in Philadelphia and extend the series, go back to Boston and uh, somehow get their way into the Eastern Conference Finals, then it's the Sixers that would have to be looking in the mirror. How do we blow this uh, two-game lead? How do we not finish them out on our home court? So it is a huge, huge game in Philadelphia tonight. And then uh, the the Nuggets will have an opportunity to close it out in the desert, but Phoenix uh, has been good on their home court so far in this series. Uh, so that's also a pivotal game. Can the Suns extend the series? If If not, what does that mean for their roster future? Can the Nuggets close it out? If they can and they can get to the conference finals, how much does that impact the the narrative around uh, Nikola Jokic about, uh, you know, can he or can't he be a guy that is an elite player uh, on a playoff team? He's certainly one of the best individual talents in the league, certainly one of the most controlling players in the league. So can he uh, continue to fortify his playoff resume? It'll be very interesting. Maybe we'll come back to the NBA uh, just a little later on. In terms of the uh, Big Sky Championships that are going on right now, the Big Sky Softball Tournament is going down in Ogden, Utah. The reason it's in Ogden, the uh, Softball Championship, much like the Women's Soccer Championship, both uh, are hosted by last year's regular season champions. So it's a little bit odd. Uh, If you're not used to it, it's a little bit hard to wrap your mind around. But last year's regular season champion hosts this year's Big Sky Soccer Tournament, Big Sky Softball Tournament. So that's why it's in Ogden, Utah. Uh, But the Grizz, I mean, I would say mercifully, their season came to an end. Uh, They lost 13 to nothing to Portland State. They lost 9 to 1 in their opener against Northern Colorado. Uh, It was an objectively really hard year for the Grizz. It was a bad season for Montana softball. It was the worst season in their program's history. They've only had, I think, six or seven of them, but they finished the year 10 and 37. So losing about uh, 80% of your games. Through a fifty, uh, you know, almost fifty game slate, uh, it's it's not good. So uh, they got a lot to work on. Uh, they're gonna have to figure out a way to refortify the ranks. Um, certainly, some question marks now are going into next year. They need to find uh, first and foremost somebody that can carry them on the bump. They had great pitching for uh, most of their inaugural handful of years, and uh, it just sort of fell off after Tristan Achenbach, uh graduated. They just haven't quite had the, the same firepower on the bump. So we'll see what they can do there. Um, but, I mean, we have not talked much about Grizz softball because they have not had uh, much to talk about. They just had one uh, honoree on the all-league teams and uh, just a um, just an honorable mention nod was their highest uh, all-league accolade and uh, the sixth seed in a six-team tournament. So uh, certainly a lot to, to improve upon coming into next year. Uh, for the Grizz softball teams. Dwan is now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Uh, the other result from the day, the uh, men's decathlon, no Montana athletes involved in that. That was a little bit rare. Uh, there's been some great multi-athletes on the men's side at uh, both Montana and Montana State in recent years. Uh, guys like Jeff Mole and Asa Staven come to mind at Montana State. Uh, certainly guys like Austin Emery and Adam Bork come to mind at Montana uh, but nobody 
competing in the decathlon for either Montana or Montana State to start off the the Big Sky Outdoor Championships. That's how this goes. The decathlon and the heptathlon. So it's 10 events for the men, multi-athletes, seven for the women multi-athletes. They start on Wednesday and Thursday, and then the full meet starts on Friday. So it's a little bit lonely for those initial athletes out there. I think there was like 12 or 13 participants in the decathlon this year, and I think 11 participants uh, in the women's uh, heptathlon this year. So certainly... uh, not the, the full fervor that will commence then there in Greeley, Colorado um, tomorrow when the when the meet gets fully underway. Um, but four University of Montana women competed in the heptathlon, uh, including Morgan Racky, a Drummond native who is a uh, senior there for the University of Montana. She posted her second best time ever in the 800 meters, and that helped her jump up to third place. Uh, in the uh, heptathlon. So she gets a silver medal. She gets on the podium. She scores some points for the the Grizz. Brooke Stainer places fifth. So she gets a couple points for the Grizz as well. So a good start for the Grizz women. Uh, Radke, her personal record score was 4,866 points. She finished behind Kylie Dimmick, who had 5,110 and Dimmick a sophomore. And she also finished, Radke also finished behind Sac State sophomore, Eliana Coburn, who had 4,945 points. Radke's 800-meter uh, time, 2 minutes, 25.84 seconds. She also threw the javelin nearly 100 feet, and uh, she long jumped 5.09 meters uh, for the 8th best mark. But it was really that high jump of 5'8 on Thursday that really carried the uh, the meat for her. So um, all these heptathlon scores are are pretty good. Nothing, nothing completely out of the ordinary. Nothing that was like record setting. They were okay. But the news of the day for the Grizz track team is that they got a couple young ladies in the scoring column and one on the podium. And it's always cool if you can go out on top like that. And uh, Margaret Racky does exactly that, getting a, a silver medal or excuse me, a bronze medal. I'm not sure if she's going to compete in any other events during this um, during this uh, outdoor championship week. But if that is her last outdoor performance. Uh, great job! Way to go out! Way to go out on top! It's it's cool for her to get on the podium, and uh, certainly that was her best um, performance at a Big Sky Outdoor Championship. It's Nuanas now, uh, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the uh, ESPN MT app. Time now for our Big Sky Spotlight. It's presented by Dave Maldonado and Maldonado Law. Maldonado Law. Dave is one of the best criminal defense lawyers in the state of Montana. He's also an ace when it comes to personal injury or DUI. So any sort of legal troubles you might have, you can always find out more about Dave and his team at Maldonado Law by visiting BigSkyDefender.com. That's BigSkyDefender.com. We have been catching up with a variety of the uh, new head coaches in the Big Sky Conference in football. And uh, lately it's been... More like some old friends from Big Sky Conference football that are now back in the Big Sky, including the guy who's going to join us here in just a minute. Uh, sounds like we do have Coach Lamb. Coach Lamb was at Southern Utah for a handful of years. That's where I first got to know him. Now he's back in the Big Sky uh, with Northern Colorado as the head coach there in Greeley. Coach Lamb, I haven't talked to you forever, man. How's things? How you been? Oh, things are good, Coulter. Yeah, it's nice to hear your voice again. Appreciated what you did for the Big Sky Conference back in the day when I was at Southern Utah and what you're still doing. And I, I, uh, just a couple of months ago, I was able to 
gather with all of the Big Sky head coaches. It was great to see um, people that I'd, I've known for so long and great to be back in the conference, and you're a part of that. Well, thanks, man, and it's great to hear from you. Uh, you were at Southern Utah for a good amount of time and then left there in 2015. Southern Utah had a little bit more success after you left, winning the, the 2017 Big Sky title as well. Since then, though, they've moved out of the league, so a lot of things have changed. Uh, it seems like just yesterday and forever ago uh, when you were coaching in the Big Sky Conference, so just fill in the gaps for people. Uh, you were at BYU. Uh, what did you think of the experience, and also what do you think of just uh, the way that the Big Sky and college football has changed since the last time you were in the league? Oh, yeah, um, good question. I Well, yeah, I really felt like that uh, that, that we had taken Southern Utah um, – to a, a good place. And, um, you know, at the time when I was there, we, the, we had a new president, a new athletic director, and, uh, you know, we won that championship and yet they were still, you know, talking about that, you know, the big sky was too big and too competitive and you know, our budgets didn't match up. There was even talk from that president that about moving, you know, um, moving to non-scholarship football or division two and, just not a lot of things made sense to me after, after the successful run that we had there. So, you know, I figured when I took the job at SUU, I didn't care what it paid. I didn't care what the budget was. And all of a sudden when I started caring about those things and and paying attention to the way other people are doing their jobs, like the president, athletic director and guys like that, I knew it was time to let somebody else take it. And the BYU opportunity opened up the head coach there, Kalani Satake and I played together. We've been, you know, friends and, and colleagues for a couple of decades. And, and so the chance to go back to my alma mater and, and be part of building uh, that new staff and, and getting that thing going was, was really attractive and the timing was right. And then, uh, you know, I, I think the idea in my mind was always to become a head coach again. And it, it seemed like every year I was interviewing for a, a job of several of them in the Mountain West conference and I felt like that it was going to happen at any time but I really didn't realize how much I missed being the head coach until I took this job at UNC and, and kind of took it on took it on a leap of faith but I've been having a blast here I'm enjoying the the university the the town of Greeley and the surrounding areas the players here my family has made a nice transition it's just it's really been better than I could have hoped for Ed Lamb joining us here on Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. He's the new head coach uh, at Northern Colorado, but a guy I knew from back in the day uh, when he was at Southern Utah. Uh, coach, you, you spent a time at BYU. I mean, I know you played there. You started your coaching career there as well. So what was, what was it like just being back in Provo? I mean, it's a special place. They, have a, they got a lot of passion for football there. So what was the experience like being back at BYU? Oh, it was wonderful. Yeah, the, the um, you know the 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 way that that I came in there and 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 took the job. You know, Kalani is a very humble guy, and he had not been a head coach before. And so the whole idea was, hey, man, this is this is you and I, Ed, and and let's build a staff together, and then let's build the calendar, and then let's build a build the program. And it was it was almost at least for a few years there it was almost like you know sitting in the head coach's hair a uh, chair. Or, uh, doing it as a co-head coach, and and that was a blast. And I I don't regret any of the time or any of the years there. We were able to see a lot of success. We had uh, you know we it was a it was a program that had you know kind of marginal success against Power Five opponents. And then in the last several years, we really made a nice run and and uh, had a great run against Pac-12 opponents. And 
uh, got invited to the Big 12. I mean, there's just so many kind of major milestones for a program that had already reached a lot of national prominence. It was it was amazing to be a part of that, and that's that's not even counting all the individual relationships with the players and coaches that uh, came through during the time. So just a great time during my life. I learned a lot from the coaches that I worked with and, and the players, and, and BYU is a first-class institution the way that they do things from an athletic standpoint. Well, I know you're from California, but you spent so much time in Utah between Southern, between Southern Utah and BYU. Uh, so what's life been like in Greeley? What do you think of just uh, your new life in Colorado? Oh, this is this has just been um, an amazing fit for me. Um, you know, I I, I got to be honest. I thought Greeley was kind of uh, like this rural outpost, and uh, that was just my impression. And being here a couple of times as an opposing coach, and uh, you know, the the Greeley and the and the surrounding communities here, um, it's more like a two hundred thousand people. Um, totally area. I mean, it's yeah. one of the fastest growing areas in the country. I was looking this up the other day. Yeah, I mean, Greeley has well over 150,000 people now, which is like, it's it's grown a ton in the last 15 or 20 years, especially since Northern Colorado joined the league. It, it has, and and uh, you know, I don't, I haven't, I haven't spoken to you about it, but I've got a, a special needs son that um, we found that horseback riding was an activity that we could do. He's pretty, oh, wow. pretty severely uh, uh, mentally uh, disabled, and um, but horseback riding is, it, it changed his life. And so we, we got into the horse world and I was, you know, it, in my mind's eye, I was thinking, wow, Greeley's a, a rural place. I think it's an ag place. I'll, I'll go there and maybe can afford 40 acres. You know? <laughs> right. And then I got here. I was like, oh, this is like California expensive here. I had no idea. So, uh, but we were, we, we actually were able to find a, a great spot and, and bring the horses along and, and keep that lifestyle going for my son. And so it's just, it's just been an amazing fit that way. And then the people that we've met in a short time, uh, it's just better than I could have hoped. We, we expected a lot of uh, issues with transition and change. And there are always issues with that, as you know, but, um, but it's really been as smooth as it can be. Ed Lamb, Northern Colorado head coach here on Nuanas Now ESPN Radio. Uh, this is our Big Sky Spotlight presented by Maldonado Law. Visit BigSkyDefender.com to see how Dave and his team can help you. So what do you think of this uh, the program you inherit then, Coach? Because it's been a, an interesting deal there at Northern Colorado. Had really good stability under Ernest Collins, just not a lot of wins. And then they go completely to the other side of the spectrum, hire Ed McCaffrey for a couple years. Uh, Coach McCaffrey had had no uh, college coaching experience whatsoever, so it's a complete adventure in terms of the program side of things. So uh, now here you are taking that, that over after a couple of years under Coach McCaffrey. So what do you think of just the program you inherit? What do you like about the advantages maybe that you've been able to find so far? And what are some of the things uh, you want to remedy or uh, that, that you uh, want to get going in the right direction there in Northern Colorado? Well, I can tell you, there's you know, I I do think that I was on the short list of candidates here, and and probably got the job for what we were able to accomplish at Southern Utah, right? Like the, you know, there's there's, it's no secret that Northern Colorado, in comparison with a lot of the the Big Sky programs, has some institutional obstacles uh, to overcome in order to be successful in football. The, you know, the budget, the size of the school. The facilities, there, there, you know, there are there are places that are probably better situated, right, in the big sky, and and uh, but the reality is, it is so far ahead of 
the program that we took over at Southern Utah. Southern Utah was on an 18-game losing streak, the longest losing streak in the country. They were, they were two million behind the next lowest uh, in terms of budget in the Big Sky. Northern Colorado has an, an outstanding weight room facility, an outstanding practice facility. Our our coaching staff meeting rooms, film rooms, are better than what we had at BYU. I mean, there's there are really some advantages here, and I think some upside to the program. And it's actually, you know, I think I think players in general are always going to pour their trust into whoever the coach is, right? And there's because of the change over here, you've got. Uh, Coach Collins, who was tremendously popular with with really all the players, I mean, he just had a way of of building trust. And then, you know, Coach McCaffrey came in, and there was a lot of excitement there, and guys poured their trust into that. And then now, uh, here I come, and and they're they're doing the same thing. But they've also been able to kind of see uh, see a lot now. These are experienced players that are able to see strengths and weaknesses in different coaches that come through. So. We don't spend any time as a coaching staff trying to figure out how the previous guys did it and, and trying to be the same or different. I mean, that's that's not a good exercise. But it's really cool to see a group of players that's able to kind of give us some feedback and say, hey, Coach, really appreciate what we're doing in this way and excited about the future. And, and that's the kind of feedback and buy-in that we're getting right now. When it comes to just uh, rebuilding it but also just recruiting to it, what do you think of just sort of the – the lay of the land there in Colorado. It's been fascinating to me to watch just Colorado in general, right? I mean, in the, you look back in the 1990s and, you know, CU Buffs are, are one of the top programs in the country. They, they, you know, they played for multiple national championships, won a national championship. At Colorado State, when Sonny Lubick was there, was a, a tremendous program. And in Northern Colorado was winning multiple uh, national championships in the 90s. And then you've seen some challenges from all of those schools. And part of it, I think, is just because so much of the great talent in Colorado got started getting discovered and started going to play in the SEC instead of staying home. So, I mean, what do you sort of think of the landscape of recruiting there uh, in your home state? That's really insightful, Coulter. I, I really, there are a lot of similarities to what was going on in the state of Utah when I took that Southern Utah job. Mm, interesting, yeah. There were, yeah, there, I, I thought at that time that Utah was severely under-recruited. And a lot of the big-name schools in Utah, when I was at SUU, they were talking about, well, all the, all the good talent's leaving. But um, the, I think in, in terms of Colorado, you see that the in-state talent, for the most part, over the last several years, has been going to the Division II level. And, and Colorado has a robust Division II population, right? I think there are five or six Division II schools here. Oh, and guess what? They're, they're competing for the national title every year, one of these schools. When you talk about Pueblo and School of Mines and, and you know national prominence, like you don't do that without good football players, not just good Division II football players, good football players, period. Those, those uh, you know, Colorado School of Mines and CSU Pueblo, they can step on the field with an FCS program any day and go toe-to-toe. They have really good players. And so we've made a commitment to do that. We signed 14 players in our first recruiting class from Colorado. Uh, we're giving first priority to, you know, when we need portal guys to kind of shore up some depth at certain positions. We're making sure that we're looking at the guys first who are maybe coming, looking to come back to the state of Colorado who are originally from here. I think that Colorado has excellent football. I think it's under-recruited. I look at, you know, websites like 247, who have, you know, they've got 300 players ranked in the state of Utah and only 11 ranked in Colorado. Wow. I think there's a real issue there with under-recruitment. 
that that's fascinating, and, and it is because so so often so many of these rankings and stars and all that sort of stuff, uh, it, it dictates the way people recruit for better or for worse. Ed Lamb joining us here uh, on Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. Uh, last thing for you then, Coach, it, it, it's so interesting to me to look at the landscape of the big sky, and on one hand, you have uh, almost half the league is going to have new head coaches this year, but so many of those new head coaches aren't newcomers to the big sky, right? Whether it's yourself or uh, Coach Hawkins there at Idaho State. He spent some time at UC Davis. Or Paul Wolf, who was at Eastern Washington before. Now he's at Cal Poly. And, and on down the line, it seems like most of the staffs have some familiarity previously in their careers with the Big Sky Conference. So how do you think that influences the makeup of it? And what do you just sort of think of the, the general landscape of the league? Well, you mentioned uh, you mentioned earlier in our call the how college football has changed and, and, you know, particularly like the power five level and with NIL and some of that stuff going on, the transfer portal and, and all of those things I think have potential to be really good for college football. Um, and I'm, I'm certainly not, uh, you know, the highest authority on what's good and what's bad for college football, but just in my personal opinion, I think it's holding coaches accountable. I think that the big sky, there's a, there's an excellent balance between a high level of competitiveness. I mean, you can achieve anything being a big sky conference football player. You can go to the NFL. You can, you can play at a really, really high competitive level. We have our guarantee games where you get a chance to step up and play against some of the top schools at the highest level. And yet I think there's also a balance. I think there's an expectation that uh, coming to college is a sacrifice. There's not an expectation of signing a national letter of intent with also a name, image, and likeness deal of an extra five hundred thousand, it's to me it's a it's a it's a pure form of football, uh, much like when I coached at the Division three level. But obviously, the the competitive level is so much higher, and so I think that's why you have uh, a lot of quality coaches. Certainly, Coach Hawkins could be coaching at a at a bigger school and and for more money, he could command that. But maybe he's found that as well. I haven't talked to him. Don't want to put words in his mouth. But that's really what I see, and that's what I appreciated about the conference. I think there's a lot of validity there, and I think it's uh, it's spot on. And I think a lot of guys have seen a lot of different uh, experiences at the top level and uh, realized just how good, in a variety of ways, the Big Sky Conference is. It's Ed Lamb, Northern Colorado head coach here on Nuanas Now. Coach, great to hear from you. Uh, not the last time we'll be in touch with you, certainly. Uh, but we'll look forward to meeting back up with you in Spokane at the media days. But between now and then, uh, have a great summer, and uh, we'll catch up with you here soon. But thanks so much for being here today. Hey, thanks for giving UNC a little bit of attention, man. I appreciate it a lot. There you go. Ed Lamb, our Big Sky Spotlight, presented by Maldonado Law. Visit BigSkyDefender.com. Speaking of the Big Sky Conference, one of the best athletes in the state of Montana, point blank period. Duncan Hamilton will run his final Big Sky Outdoor Championship meet steeplechase tomorrow. And then he'll run the mile right after that. How's he going to do it? Well, he's got a plan. I know you're not surprised by that. It's still interesting. Duncan Hamilton on the other side. You want us now, ESPN Radio. Are you having a bad day? Did you get hurt and it wasn't your fault? Are you in trouble? No matter what has you down, you can take action and help yourself by letting Schulte Law Firm help you. Schulte Law Firm litigates injury, criminal, and civil matters, providing expert advocacy in any situation. Here with Dwight Schulte from Schulte Law Firm, when it comes to criminal defense, what's an example of why someone could or should call Schulte Law? Criminal defense happens on somebody's worst day, you know, and it doesn't mean that someone's a bad person. We all make mistakes. 
mistakes. We all make choices that maybe aren't the best choice. And that can lead to dramatic consequences in somebody's life. So we're really focusing on personal injury and criminal defense. We do a lot of different areas of the law, though. We have a strong background in real estate. Um, we handle family law for clients, ton of mediations. The ultimate reality is, is that people have bad days and that's when you need our help. That's when you need to call Schulte Law Firm because we know the players, we know the game. We can put people in the best position to achieve the outcome they want. If you've had a bad day, visit jschultilaw.com. It's the one is now on 102.9 ESPN Missoula. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. Man, I haven't heard that for a minute. That's a jam. Welcome back. Nuance Now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. The news of the day out of Greeley, Colorado, besides Northern Colorado head football coach Ed Lamb just joining us, appreciate Coach Lamb's time, um, is that the, uh, the Bears and Greeley itself are hosting the Big Sky Outdoor Track and Field Championships. Morgan Ratke, a former Class C star out of Drummond, she finished third in the women's heptathlon, uh, so a, a strong finish for her, certainly, and uh, scored some points for the Grizz uh, ladies' track team. The full meet gets started tomorrow. Uh, as with all Big Sky Outdoor Track and Field Championships, all eyes are going to be on the Northern Arizona men, and especially their distance team. It's truly world-class. They have some of the great distance runners on the planet, but Montana State has closed the gap in certain areas sparked by the performance of one of the all-time great Bobcats in the history of the university, and that's not hyperbole. Duncan Hamilton has run at a world-class level for the last three years. He's been in Olympic trials races. He has run nationally and world-class times, and uh, now he enters his final Big Sky Outdoor Track and Field Championship. We caught up with one of the most decorated young men we've ever covered earlier this week. Well, time now for our weekly running segment, River City Runners, and this is actually interesting because the guy who helped us debut this segment a couple years ago, he's now our guest today, and I'm not saying it's the last time, but it's definitely the last time as he enters his final Big Sky Conference Outdoor Track and Field Championships. One of our favorite guys, one of the best athletes in the state of Montana, Duncan Hamilton, joining us now uh, here on Nuanas Now. Uh, is that crazy, man? Does it sound crazy to you that this is your last outdoor Big Sky Championship? How does it make you feel? It is. I don't think it's. I don't think it's fully quite set in yet. Um, but this next month is going to be a, a lot of last time doing this, last time doing that. So um, definitely a little bittersweet, but uh, still just going to make the most of my my last couple meets here. Well, the the uh, the last time doing some things already for you this year has gone. Uh, pretty darn well. We had you on right after you broke the indoor record in the, in the indoor mile during uh, the winter season. And now here you are. I uh, just wrapped up the regular season, the outdoor season, and uh, just had your last outdoor meet there at Montana State at the Tom Gage Invitational and uh, some great marks across the board. But probably the highlight, uh, you and your teammates running that 1,500 meters. And by the time the, uh, the altitude adjustment comes in, Three minutes, 36 seconds flat. So uh, pretty darn impressive. A new Bobcat school record and a top five mark in the entire NCAA Division One so far this year. So uh, how'd you get geared up? How were you able to run that race? And uh, I mean, that, that must be pretty gratifying. Your last time running in Bozeman, breaking another school record. 
Yeah, it was super gratifying. Um, I don't know if it's just come to be like a, a tradition with last year um, before indoor conference, we had that fast mile on our home track. And so it seems like the week before conference, we just do a fast mile on our home track and <laughs> it's really fun. Um, but kind of getting ready for that one, I usually it's you know, windy and snowy for the Tom Gage Classic, so we were we were blessed with good weather, and Lyle got us a pacer. So, um, just uh, the whole race was set to be to be a lot faster than than usual. So, took advantage. Well, how, how much of that does influence you uh, as a runner? I mean, you get a pacer, you're also running in a heat with probably half a dozen of your teammates, and you know, I think there was like six Bobcats that broke four minutes in this thing, and I mean, Ben Perrin was just right behind you. I think he was only about four seconds behind you, so having a pacer and having teammates to push it, is that a key factor in running an elite time like that? Definitely. Um, yeah, that's huge. I mean, a pacer, pacer helps a lot, you know. Um, the fact that, you know, I can just turn my mind off for the first half, even two-thirds of the race, um, is awesome. Like, I don't have to worry about time. I don't even have to think. I just have to run behind this one guy. And then once he pulls off, I just have 500 meters to run. So that's kind of, that was my, my whole focus was just finishing strong. Um, and so it really, whether you don't notice it a lot during, um, it saves a ton of your energy. It's amazing the psychological aspects of all this. It's our River City Runners highlighting some of the best runners from around the entire state of Montana. Duncan Hamilton, a senior at Montana State, a Bozeman uh, High School product, joining us here uh, on Nuanas now. The Big Sky Outdoor Track and Field Championship starts uh, later on this week in Greeley, Colorado. Um, We've been talking about this this outdoor season, but we sort of buried the lead. He also just recently won the Little Sullivan Award on the male side, which is awarded to the top amateur athlete in the state of Montana. Second straight year, a Bobcat has won at Troy Anderson, the Little Sullivan Award winner last year as well. I, for one, think the Little Sullivan is so cool just because in Montana we don't have pro sports, so a lot of times you know, your top amateur athlete is sort of like your athlete of the year overall. So, I mean, what do you think of this honor? And, and uh what did it mean to you to be there uh, this last weekend receiving this award? It was a huge honor. Um, you know, I was I was surprised when when I heard the news that that I was a finalist, and so um, kind of talking with those guys lately has been has been very very nice, and uh, you know, to win it has been a huge honor. Um, you know, I was I was bummed I wasn't able to attend the ceremony because it was just right after our. Uh, our home meet and kind of senior ceremony here in Bozeman. Um, so I wasn't able to be there, but still a, a huge honor and super, super happy to, to have that award. And Montana State certainly well represented. Uh, as you listen to this here today, we heard from Cola Badbear earlier this week, but she was the female re- representative. And uh, so a clean sweep by the Bobcats. You guys are you guys are even cleaning up when it comes to the awards. So, I mean, what did you think of just sort of sharing this thing with Cola and, uh, and sort of her representation of Montana State on the women's athletic side of things? Yeah, that was awesome. Super cool to see that. Um, you know, proud to proud to have any Bobcats. You know, getting getting these awards around Montana whenever possible. So, um, kind of lately, just been super proud to be a Bobcat. Yeah, no, no doubt. Duncan Hamilton here uh, on Nuanas now. It's so interesting, too, because you had a lot of success early and you've basically had sustained success throughout your entire uh, collegiate career. But, but a lot of times we see 
early success then breeds late pressure, and and it's it's sort of hard to live up to the the own standard you set for yourself and for your team. And, and we've seen that across the board in a variety of different sports, but that doesn't seem to be affecting you or, or some of your other fellow senior teammates either. It seems like you guys are really embracing sort of this this moment to to seize the opportunity for your last couple times. So, I mean, take us through that. How do you not let the pressure get to you? How do you sort of keep it light and keep having fun and keep enjoying yourself as you sort of pursue this this anniversary of the end for you here? Yeah, they're definitely kind of this, the mindset of, of success is, is huge. And, and kind of as you do reach these new marks, um, there does come to be that pressure. Um, a lot of it I feel like is is self inflicted. Like I I definitely put this, this pressure on myself to to always be improving. Um and if you kinda think of everything like, oh, every time I get a new PR I just have to be faster than that, like just sets a new standard. It can be overwhelming and so I like to just break it up into little pieces, you know, I don't I don't think about the whole idea of wanting to improve. I just think about every workout as like we do a lot of the same workouts year to year, so I just think, oh, like last year I ran this pace, so I'll try to just run a little bit faster. Um, and so kind of just always thinking of doing workouts a little bit better or living living my running lifestyle a little bit better or more true kind of helps with that. Um, but I say in terms of like keeping it light and keeping it fun, teammates are huge there too. Um, I, rely, I rely pretty heavily on my teammates for that, and if I just you know, enjoy the moment and surround myself with them, with my friends, then then that happens pretty easily. I think that's one thing that's uh, been so cool and that you guys have displayed as well as, as any group of track kids I've ever covered is, is just sort of the the all for one, one for all, right? I mean, people think of track as an individual sport, but uh, you guys have so heavily embraced the team element too. And so I think that's so cool. I know a lot of times it's you kind of being the spokesperson. You're coming on the radio, but I know that this has been a group effort too. So just talk about that element is how much that your fellow seniors and your fellow Bobcats have sort of pushed you forward and gotten you to this point. Yeah. I mean, we all, we all lift each other up and uh, it's, it's crazy how much having like a group of people with the same mentality can change everything. Like as soon as kind of everybody switches that flip or flips that switch in their head to that they you know they want to reach to the next level they want to be successful they want to pr they want to break records all that um then we all just start like we just work so well together once we all want the same thing um and so that that is huge and kind of i've noticed that a lot with you know going to a couple ncaa meets alone versus going with teammates and my team it's just it makes a world of difference, and, and I'm super happy to have, have those guys by my side. Big Sky Outdoor Track and Field Championships uh, underway in Greeley, Colorado. Multi-events going on, and uh, the full uh, shooting match will start on Friday. So, uh, Duncan, just take us through your schedule. I know I know you're running uh, the certain events, but, I mean, how is it going to play out? What does the, the actual schedule look like for you? Yeah, so I've got uh, the steeple finals is uh, Friday, kind of midday, and then a tough double. The 1500 meter prelims are usually about maybe 20, 30 minutes after finishing that one. So right. that's a pretty quick back to back there. Um, but after that, I'm done for the day, and then Saturday um, have the 1500 meter finals. Um, 
kind of midday once track events get going and then um, a couple hours later to kind of finish off the day and finish off the meet I'll be in 5k so yeah I remember last year at the uh, the outdoors in Ogden it was it was really hot and uh, you got done winning the steeplechase and I remember you ran right through the the finish line and ran right into the tent to go get some water and and some cool down because it was the same thing it was like a 20 25 minute turnaround so um is there a way to prepare for that i mean have you done that short of a turnaround yet this season or is is it just a, a matter of focusing and then kind of just getting into it you know we don't we don't do a ton of like specific workouts to prepare for that um like None of the workouts we've done have been like, oh, hard effort, and then 25 minutes later, another hard effort or anything. Right. Um, but just kind of, I don't know, general workouts, just kind of increasing that fitness. And, like, I've done it twice now. This will be my third time doing it, so I'm I'm getting used to it. Um, I, know, I know what's in store and kind of just um, – Knowing that that final is coming up and being relaxed in the first first half of the fifteen hundred helps me a lot. <laughs> does it does it also help that the steeplechase is first, since that's uh, sort of uh, the thing that you're such an expert at? Yeah, definitely. Um, kind of that's like that's one of the bigger focuses um, for the whole weekend. So um, yeah, can kind of just do whatever I need to do there, and then with whatever energy I have left over, can pursue the other events. <laughs> When it comes to these outdoor championships, Duncan Hamilton, Montana State track and field, joining us here on Nuanas now. Uh, you always know who the team to beat is when it comes to the Big Sky Conference. That's Northern Arizona. It's uh, over and over and over again. They're always the ones that everybody's chasing. But you guys have done a really admirable job of, of at least closing the gap. So uh, from a team perspective, what are your hopes, uh, for not even not even just the men, but just the men and the women, what, what are your hopes uh, for the, the Bobcats in, uh, in Greeley this weekend? Yeah, you know... Um obviously we're always trying to do as well as we can we've definitely had a few setbacks this season um got a couple couple key scorers maybe out um but i think kind of our biggest focus is at least from the distance side is we're trying to trying to score as many points as we can in distance and this year it's looking like it's possible where we can get close to them or maybe even outscore NAU. um so if if men's distance can outscore NAU in distance um i'll be i'll be super proud of, of my team um but like you said like it's not just distance it's not just men um that's what kind of what I love so much about conference weekend is we can walk around and cheer on all the other all the other event groups you know ask them how they're doing in terms of how they were wanting to do and um, just trying to get as many as many points as we can across the board he's Duncan Hamilton Montana State track and field senior participating in the Big Sky Conference Outdoor Championships this weekend. We will have updates for you uh, during Friday's show, all about how the steeplechase goes down and uh, any other times that we can round up. I appreciate it, man. Best of luck. And uh, I know that this won't be the last time we talk, but certainly uh, an interesting one since it's your last outdoor championship. So uh, crazy how fast it's flown by, but it's been a true pleasure covering you, man. And thanks so much for being here today. Yeah, thank you so much for talking. It's been an honor. Steeplechase tomorrow at 120, and then the 1500 meters, 155. So, going to be a pretty quick turnaround. Probably get done running the first one by about 135, and then you'll have about 20 minutes to cool down before you got to go do it again. Unreal. Speaking of track and field, how about some of the best high school marks in the state of Montana? That's next. Don't change your channel. You want us now, ESPN Radio.
102.9 ESPN Radio Missoula. I had a buddy who, uh, he might be listening, I don't know. But uh, grew up a Bruce Springsteen fan. Parents were Bruce Springsteen fans. My mom's super into Bruce, so I listened to a bunch of The Boss growing up, too. One of my buddies got a chance to go see Bruce for the first time live. And, you know, this he's, he's a couple years younger than me, but he's, you know, a grown adult man in his 30s. And he said it was, like, the most unbelievable experience he's ever had. <laughs> I love it. The all-time greats are just so great. Uh, and uh, the fact that there's still so many of them are still rocking out, uh, pretty darn impressive. Well, it's now ESPN Radio. SWX Montana Television and the ESPN MT app. It's time now for our Treasure State's Best. The top high school track and field marks from around the state of Montana. And I've been talking about this dynamic uh, quite a bit, but some of the best marks we see uh, during the track season sometimes are when the Montana kids go out of state for some of these early on invitational meets like down in California and stuff. Uh, raised level of competition. But then we also have these uh, top 10 invites, both here in Missoula and in Billings, that brings out the best of the best from all classifications. And when those young people are going against each other, a lot of times we have some of the best marks. So most of the best marks in the state have come from one of those two scenarios, either an elevated level of competition out of state or elevated level of competition within the state at some of these invitational meets. So, uh, this last weekend, there wasn't any top 10 stuff. Uh, There was just various other sort of quote-unquote normal or whatever track meets. So, not a ton of new movement on the leaderboard. I'll try to not uh, repeat ourselves each and every week, try to give you new information each and every week. But here are some of the the marks that have moved over the last couple of weeks. On the girls' side, Charlize Davis of Billings Skyview ran 15.29 in the 100-meter hurdles. That is uh, the best time in the state. And best previous standing best time, Logan Todorovich of Helena. Piper Jetty of Billings Sr. has also been in the mid-15s, as has Olivia Lewis of Corvallis and Isabel Berry of Missoula Loyola. All of those are very good times. But Davis, who hadn't been under 15-5 yet, she vaults all the way up to 15-2-9 to pass all those gals that had been at uh, sort of the 15-and-a-half second mark. There in the 100-meter hurdle. So that's that's a good time. And that was one that certainly sort of uh, was eye-opening when you saw it uh, on the uh, the leaderboard, so to speak. The 300 hurdles, uh, similar dynamic. Olivia Lewis of Corvallis, who's uh, outstanding and, and should be the favorite in Class A in both the short and long hurdles there. And just the latest in a long tradition of great uh, high school hurdlers and high school runners in general there uh, in Corvallis down in the Bitter Valley uh, she had the top time in the 300 hurdles for weeks and weeks. But Taylor Churik of Roberts runs a dynamite time uh, at the top 10 meet. Churik in at 43.94. So that is uh, more than a second faster than Lewis's top time of 48.08. So that's some big movement there uh, in the long hurdles. Taylor Churik was a state placer in multiple events at Billings West last year and now competing in Class C, so that's uh, that's pretty impressive on her part. Treasure State's best, some of the best individual marks from the wide world of high school track and field uh, here on Nuanas Now. It's presented by Paul's Pancake Parlor. Paul's Pancake Parlor, located at the Tremper Shopping Center. It is a institution of Missoula. Unbelievable breakfast, but also a delicious lunch menu as well. Um, also some of the best service in town. Don't worry, I think that some people think, oh man, Pulse is always busy, I can't go there. It is always busy because it's so good, 
but it's also always busy because they turn the tables around so quick. So you can go have a great breakfast. If you're there, you're not going to have to wait very long, and it's totally worth the wait. So go check out Paul's Pancake Parlor there uh, at Trevor's Shopping Center. Uh, a couple more top marks. Brendan Fetter of Chinook, the first young man to go over 46 feet in the triple jump. That's big time. 46.45 his mark from last week. So that vaults him up the all-class leaderboard. He has the top triple jump uh, in the state so far uh, this year. And uh, Grady Walker was the first young man to go over 14 and a half. And then Brendan Fetter just blows, 44 and a half, excuse me. And Brendan Fetter gets all the way to almost 46 and a half. The state record is 49.5, 48 feet, 9.5 inches, excuse me, 48 feet, 9.5 inches. So still a full two and a half feet farther than Brendan Fetter, but that's the top mark in the state by almost two feet. So very good. Uh, Walker still remains second in the triple jump, 44-8. Caden uh, Sekertuski of Cascade is also there at 44-8. And then Scotty Klinker of Great Falls is there at 44-2. So there's been some big triple jumps uh, as of late. Uh, that's probably the, the spot where there's the most movement. Other than the long jump, Carter White of Frenchtown, he hit 22-10.25. Anything flirt with 23 is big time. 23-8 is the all-class record. So Carter White, 22-10.25. Very good jump. And then uh, Andrew Burroughs is a guy we've talked about a lot on these uh, top 10 lists from uh, across various throwing events. He has the uh, the top shot put in the state still, 56.8 inches. That's from a couple weeks ago. But then he also popped an enormous discus throw, 167, 167 feet and 5 inches. So that passes Anthony Oaks of Great Falls CMR, a mark that had stood for quite a while. And anything over 160 in the high school ranks is great. 165 is uh, uh, unbelievable, and 167.5, that's going to be a mark that's uh, tough to top. Last one worth noting, and I uh, I talked about this off the top. we got to reemphasize it. Karis Brightwing's Pease is already uh, a nationally renowned cross-country runner. She was a state placer in cross-country last fall. She ran uh, at the United States Track and Field Association National Championships last fall as well. And now she has the best time. She's from Hardin, by the way. Has the best time in the two-mile, the 3,200 meters, at 11 minutes, 21.36 seconds. That's also impressive. I just learned the other day, and I don't know how I missed this because this was actually first reported uh, statewide in February. But Karis Brightwing's Pease is in eighth grade. So she's running at a national level. She's got the top two-mile time in the state. She's not even in high school yet. Yet she's going to probably win high school state championships if she's allowed to compete. I imagine she will be. I can't see why not. Uh, but that's just absurd. It's awesome. <laughs> Good for her. And uh, a cool story out of Hardin, Montana. Hour one of the books, hour two coming at you. Carol and the Chicken Doesn't Know Sports next. Keep it right here, ESPN Radio. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia? When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org. 